previously on Rolling with Rainbows. The elevator clunks into place at the bottom of the shaft. Uh, this shimmering, lightly glowing blue dome has formed around Arch. You hit him. From Serena's perspective, you shoot the guy, and he's knocked out of the air temporarily. Yes. He, he's, he, he's hit, blood sprays, and he, like, falls out of the air. Leave me. Just go. Serena slips out of your grasp and falls into the whirling blender of rocks. The ground is still shaking. There's no time to explain. We've got to get out of here. Celestia and Celia are already lying in the mud. Octavia and Pierre shoot out of the old mirror. It's been abandoned in the dumping ground. It faces up into the bright but overcast cloudy sky above Rhode Island. The man found himself again on the shoreline of Rhode Island, this time much further south than he'd been before. He was reporting on something, and he can't stop his mind from looking back to it. Those things burned bodies. Well, they were bodies on the beach. Of all these varying sizes, little things like some kind of insect, charred, burned away. Bigger ones, the size of dogs. And in the cave, where there was the smashed laboratory equipment, those things, he he tries to think of them, and his mind recoils. Those things as bigger than buffalo. Bigger than any animal he's ever seen. Dead in that cave. And now, he finds himself again. On the beach. At the scene of a fire. This time, the fire was in the old lighthouse. Joe, what is the man doing? I think he's sort of grimly staring at the still smoking kind of shell of what remains of the old lighthouse, knowing that if he wants to get to the bottom of whatever's happening in this town, he's going to have to go inside. Okay. Does he approach it? Um... Yeah, I think he, like, kind of is cautiously poking his way through. Like, h- how long ago did was did the, bla- did the blaze, ab- like, abate, I suppose? Well, so this is, side note, this is 1920, and um, fire... Uh, I looked into this a little bit, and basically fire crews weren't as kind of um, dependable as we might think of them now. And basically, uh, if there was a fire like that one, where they were pretty sure there was no one in there... They just kind of like, well, that's just and then there was out. no risk of letting it like spread. So they okay, exactly. It's not connected to any other buildings. It's just in the middle of nowhere. It's by the sea of all you know of all places, uh, and so it. What he's looking at is, as you say, like the shell of this lighthouse. And we remember from our encounter with the Narragansett lighthouse before that it is a shell. It has a very peculiar structure because it actually 
is metal. And so because of that, rather than being burned away or collapsed on the outside, it's just that it's been blackened. It's just that massive amounts of soot have been thrown up through the thing like a great chimney and out the front door. I like the idea of like maybe something the some of the metal having like warped from the heat. I'd say that's I'd say that you could absolutely picture that. That, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's kind of like girders and struts. The thinner ones that are exposed to the the extremes of the heat have kind of folded like 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 they were made of wax and re solidified in these kind of. Mm. I like that a like lot. Like almost organic um, shapes. Right. Which is kind of I think that looking inside yeah. um because the door has fallen off its hinges. Yeah. Looking inside uh the man produces a flashlight. And he kind of holds and, it up by his head and clicks it on and and we see the right. beam like illuminate the, the kind of a a beam exactly. of smoke kind of still lingering. Yeah, the stuff you were describing already, these kind of semi-organic shapes, it's like the, the metal inside where the heat's been really intense, things have warped. There's the evidence of what might have been an elevator shaft, and it looks like it's shrunken in shame. That's the way that it's folded in on itself. In other places, girders and beams have have warped as if in agony to sh to 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 pull away from the blaze, but they can't escape. It's mostly just black in there, on first impression. But after a moment of looking, shining the beam around, he sees a ladder down. Can he see how far down it goes? Walking to the top of the the ladder shaft and shining the beam down. There's something down there. It maybe leads to a chamber or deep underground, but he can't make out the details from this distance. And it's a deep, deep, deep shaft. It's over a hundred feet. Um, I think he goes back to his car and gets some gloves because mm. I, I the metal is like kind of pocked and and it's still like quite warm in places and he wants to make sure he has good purchase if this is going to be a, a climb down okay uh, and then he returns and yeah we'll start making his way down this sort of yeah shaft downwards um when he gets to the bottom, the first thing that happens is as he steps off the ladder, the ground is crunchy underfoot, like dried, burned up stuff. He kind of s squats down to see kind of what he's standing on. He didn't see any wood above, so it doesn't make sense that there'd be ash like this. And this is even before he can get a look around the room that he's in. When he looks down, he sees what is inarguably a human skull. Roll against current sanity. Uh, okay, so... 
That's a 37. My sanity is 55. Okay. So. Well, he handles it pretty well. Yeah, I, I think he definitely kind of still recoils and, like, kind of stands up and is, like, dusting his hands off. I assume some of it's kind of be ground down to, like, a, a powder. Mm. And he's kind of, like, I mean, he's wearing gloves, but he's still, like, you know, he's kind of wipe. He kind of dusts his hands on his on his trousers and then realizes what he's done and is trying to dust his trousers off. Right. Um, and then kind of, and then kind of shakes his hands like, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> um, well, in that case, as he gets a hold of himself, he finds his bearings and he realizes the room that he's entered by climbing down this ladder. It's a big space. It's it's larger than most people's uh, apartments in the town, but it's very peculiar, and this is no living quarters. Could it be an in industrial storage space of some kind he doesn't know how lighthouse keepers work he doesn't know what they need and what they put in their basements and he definitely doesn't know why that would be so so far underground i was gonna say i feel like this is definitely odd i i don't know if necessarily would have checked the plans for this place before he came i feel like that's maybe a thing he might do we see him doing like later on but do you want to roll anything um yeah, should we do, like, a, a library use role? For what? To, About whether he's checked the plans? Yes. Uh, I want to see, like, if he can find any trace of this chamber. If you're telling me that he did check, like, go to the library and go to records, I can just tell you that he didn't find that there was evidence of this chamber. Okay. And so it's very peculiar to him to find himself now in it. What... Before he makes any particular roles, what... Can, what does it look like, this room? Is there anything left, any furniture, any sign of what this room might have been used for before the blaze? There was furniture. He can tell that much. Okay. Because this chamber has been cut out of the deep rock, and so it doesn't have, like, structure that would cause wooden rubble. Nonetheless, there is charred wood. Okay. At the sides of the room, there are, like, what apparently must have been cupboards and shelves that have all been been completely burned up. And he sees two really peculiar things. And this is like first impression, okay. that's why I haven't given you like a roll on yeah. this. Uh, one is, an, is a metal cupboard that has the strangest front. Parts of it are glass and... Those parts have blown out, clearly from the heat. Yeah. And I guess there are wires coming from it? It looks like some kind of completely insane experiment, the likes of which he has never encountered in his life. And the other thing he sees is a full body. A second person who must have been down here. And the body's not burned. I didn't say that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> An another skeleton. Sure, another skeleton. Okay. Um, ugh, I think he definitely kind of gives the skeleton a, a wide berth. He might investigate that in a little bit, but he he's definitely spooked. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for now he'll he'll kind of pick his way through the kind of. I assume the floor's kind of littered in all sorts of bits and, like, 
mm-hmm. collapse you, stuff. You definitely are having to look where to step, yeah. not to trip over things. Yeah, he'll um he'll like kind of painstakingly make his way over to that weird metal cabinet. And uh, he'd quite like to give that a look. So what would you like to roll about this? So the man is fairly... He, he he knows the inside of a car engine pretty well. Like he he he's not like an electronics expert, but he he has some knowledge of mechanical kind of workings. And so could he could he make like a, a mechanical repair check of some kind to try and see if he can tell what this thing might have been used for? If you give me a mechanical repair check, I will. The success case is I can tell you what genre of item this is. Yeah, I think that's what he's going for, for sure. So, um, it's a 15 or <laughs> below, so... Not best odds, yeah, no, no clue. It's a 43. <laughs> yeah. The closest thing that this reminds him of is what were called, um... Control experiments that he saw in, in, uh the engineering labs of the university that he went to. That's the that's the closest thing he can possibly liken this to, and that's all. Okay. So, some sort of high high in technology. Um uh, do you want to give me an investigation? Yeah, definitely. Um is this using spot hidden? Is investigate I thought investigate was a skill I'm misremembering. You might be. Okay. Yeah. Use. Yeah. Absolutely. It, Give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. Inve- investigate is a is a D and D. Okay. Uh, it's a fifty four, so that would be a just a regular success. He notices something about the metal cabinet with all the wires and cables and blown out glass, which is that. Although he now understands it to be a machine, one part of it is hollow. There is actually a door that opens up. And he can see that it has a lock on it, but the lock is so warped from the fire that when he reaches to touch it, the door falls entirely (laughs) off the front of the cabinet. The, The noise is startling in the absolute grim serenity of this underground chamber. So I imagine it echoes around a bit as well, doesn't it? Because, like, high ceiling, metallic walls. Yeah. yeah. And it kicks up a load of dust, which which really draws to attention how hard it is to breathe down here. Like, this is 1920. Doctors tell you that smoking is good for you, but it is not easy to breathe down here. Uh, he definitely, like, gives a cough and, like, covers his mouth. But as he's realizing that he won't be able to stay and he'll have to get out of here, he sees that in the little chamber that was inside the metal cabinet, there's a journal. A leather-bound scientific journal. Bingo. And he, yeah, he grabs it and then starts... Can he, like, very quickly look at the body and see if there's any trace of any like identifying features at all no it's truly just a, a charred blackened skeleton okay, he, he kind of nods grimly to himself and then is is going to get out of here before he becomes unable to so 
unfortunately, it's clear that the book itself has been on fire at some point. I was saying, it must have been exposed to some pretty extreme heat, even inside that cabinet, right? But when the man gets out of the lighthouse, and he's leafing through it for anything that makes any kind of sense, he sees pages and pages of rambling about metaphysical transportation and the iridescence and the essences of animals. It's unnerving to read, because it seems like whoever was conducting whatever experiments led to this fire was doing something that has no right to be on the face of God's green earth. But he sees two things that unsettle him more. One is a diagram of some kind of plan. It's like an architectural design of a ring, and it's 60 feet across. It looks like whoever was here, whoever was doing this, was planning to build something. And considering that he just found an entire underground chamber that isn't on any town records, that's a bit scary. Especially when compounded with the second unnerving thing he finds in this journal. A sentence on one of the half-burned pages that ends Can't let the council know. We, you know what we could do? Oh, yeah. We could cut so that we have the scene before we jump into, um, like, put the okay. scene in before. That was, a, hey, that was a spooky scene we all just heard, wasn't it? Anyway, on with the rest of the show. Well, no, because, you know, <laughs> like. No, I was trying to record my bit just now. Oh, 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 Whoa, shoot. Oh, wow. I wonder what oh, that you, means. Oh, you do it. That's pretty spooky. <laughs> so how's everyone doing today? What's going on? Uh, I got distracted because we're trying a backup audio recording method today. Oh, right. Um, so I realized once I pressed my thing that Nat needed to press another button. Uh... And there was a bit of a silent panic on our end. <laughs> but other than that, good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, how are you? How are you, pal? Uh, I'm doing really good, actually. Uh, I've been in therapy recently, and I think it's really been helping me out. Uh, shout out for therapy. Yeah, shout out to Ketamine. Um, <laughs> well, that that wasn't it, but yeah, I guess so. Uh, if, no, therapy is cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, really That's into it. Jess was, for those who don't know, Jess was showing me that her therapy keeps on trying to upsell her on... Also no, that, oh. that was my psychiatrist. My psychiatrist tries oh. to upsell me on ketamine every time I come in. That's an interesting... That's really fucked. Yeah. I think it's like a U United States thing. I think it's just a, a uniquely American problem there. I was going to say, I haven't heard of that in the UK. So clinically, uh, there's research indicating towards ketamine being a, a viable depression cure, but uh, they, I mean, they're kind of ignoring some some red flags there uh, and i was i was talking to another friend actually who was talking about the number of people who she knows who are depressed and then have gone on ketamine and like just casually kind of and now and now i'm just like seeing people on twitter just being like should i try ketamine and it's just like no absolutely not don't do that <laughs> well i mean i i think um, that there probably is like a use case for it but i 
also mm, doubt that that's what I mean. it's as universal as upselling every single person to walk through the door on yeah. it. <laughs> every time they come in. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean, is that, like, the clinical trials might be showing that it has the positive, the intended effect. Yeah. But they're, they're quite blind, like, deliberately, blinkedly ignoring uh, some other big things there with ketamine. It's almost like now the doctors have a supply of ketamine, they're like trying to like they have a like they have a sweet deal with their suppliers where they get paid more if they sell more ketamine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love mm. I love lobbying. <laughs> I I just I just love profit motive in my healthcare. It's I, just I, big pharma two great my favorite. That taste great together. That's the thing. The profit motive <clears throat> and medicine. That's, they just... Two things that go hand in hand. Right, it's mm -hmm. just a, all about efficiency when you think about it. That's true. That's it. So, um... Should we start playing a podcast game? A, I said that as badly as I possibly could. A podcast game? Should I just go again? No, I, li I liked you... that take. We should keep that take. No, fuck. How would you play a game... <laughs> With a podcast, <laughs> I hate you all. Um, <laughs> this is great. What uh, what game do you want to play? Oh my god, damn it, fuck! We're we're on episode twenty three. People know what fucking game this is. Let's just do it. Um, so, last episode we had a character death, a player character death, and I quickly handed you Celia's sheet instead, Joe. Yes. You did. But there may be plans for the future regarding Who's a different say? character. So anyway. Um, I just want to say, I was so fucking impressed, Joe, at your switching into Celia. You did such a great job. <laughs> well, she's going to have to carry on being Celia for the rest of this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's, um, um, it, it's, it's very Entrapta. It's oh, very yeah. Entrapta, Shiro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or um, yep. alternatively, Lewis from Family Guy, a little bit. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Felicity. Yo. Okay, so do you remember what I did for you when you had a dream before? Uh, I rolled against my power, right? That's correct. Do you want to roll against your power again? Yeah. So, a note, we found out in the meantime that the Dreamlands is actually an extant supplement of Call of Cthulhu, but I will still endeavour to publish my Dreamlands, uh, <laughs> nonetheless, for people who want to play the, the Rolling with Rainbows Dreamlands supplement, <laughs> including this mechanic uh, for, for how you dream. I failed. <laughs> okay, so... Felicity, yeah, okay. So Felicity pops into existence. Felicity's in a place she recognizes, but not a place she intended to be. She finds herself on the first floor of the headquarters of the Society of Universal Friends. Oh shit. But you failed? Yeah. So you didn't mean to be here? No, I didn't. And you just suddenly pop into existence. 
and when you pop into existence, what you see happening is Mary pacing about the room, yelling, and she's saying, and she's saying, did you even think that this is selfish? Did you ever think it's selfish? I don't care about your journey. I don't care about what you're good. Felicity, what are you? Mary? How are you? Why do you keep appearing like this? I, I think I just went to sleep. And you are nine years old. Classic. You're lying in the crawl space underneath the barn that your family had on the farm. Mm-hmm. Because you followed the fairies in there. They do like to explore. Your little friends who you've been spending more and more time with as they flit about the farm showing you all the secret little nooks and crannies all the magical places that adults can't see they like to hide and they are doing some kind of it's almost like a punch and judy show like they're doing like a funny little routine that they're making up on the spot the two of them the two of these little fairies but they're clearly doing it to entertain you they're having almost like a jest fight and one of them you know uh pretends to thrust a sword at the other and the other pretends to get stabbed and do this melodramatic death tongue lolling out of its mouth and and and, and arms flailing around in all sorts of peculiar angles and it uses its uh some of its magic to just hang upside down in the air like a like, almost like a fish that's floated to the top of its fish tank <laughs> and then another one flits in past your ear and says something to the other two and the three of them all fly away together really suddenly and you can't understand them except the sort of context clues that you have uh, and you remember now you hadn't remembered this for such a long time it was just it, it had disappeared for you this memory but you now remember that you ran after them hey where are you going and you couldn't quite keep up because they're so small and fast and they have these little tiny dragonfly wings that carry wait. them so quickly wait for me and they were going to the well that sits just by the dike that leads to the little stream. And you had to climb up through the little stream, all the mud where it's, it's slippy and your tiny little nine-year-old's body is like, it's so hard to like get up there and you kept on sliding down. And they were clearly doing something up at the well. And when you finally managed to get up there, all the fairies had disappeared. You can't see them anywhere. But then you heard a noise in the well. This like low rumbling humming. Like if a giant was singing in the shower. Just immense but but tuneful. 
And actually, when you listen for a second, you realize that it sounded like the fairy's language, but just slower and deeper and much louder. Bigger. And you looked into the well, and you saw a sea of perfect blood red. Figures in gold and silver and black cloaks chanting, and a crooked house overlooking the sea with its eldritch memorial sinking into the shore across a little bridge. And there on the horizon of the Red Sea, a fairy. Lizard face, mane of tentacles, six arms, gossamer wings, standing waist deep in the ocean of blood. And you wake up. <laughs> Roll against your sanity. And against your power. Uh, so rolling against my power. Critical success. Oh I my god, a that's one. a one. <laughs> wow. Do I come up with a mechanic? Do I come up with something on the spot for this? It is a one. You did succeed very hard. No, I'm sorry. That's not the way this works. Okay. You succeeded though, so you do um, you do uh, get to raise your power by 1d3. Nice. Uh, but you failed your... Oh, wait, what? I didn't roll it yet. Hang on. You have two power rolls. Oh, that was the previous one. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so give me the sanity roll as well. Uh, okay. Holding my breath for this, folks, because my sanity is on six. And I failed. <laughs> badly, in fact. I actually failed really badly. I rolled a 95. Oh, no. oh. Okay. So now, now roll me two separate 1d3s. One is to raise your power, and the other is to lower your sanity. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so your power raises by three, and your sanity lowers by one. Hey, that's Congrats. nice. That's the best possible outcome. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's catch up with where we are. Yeah, uh, that was the. Can I comment on the, the vision that like that was pretty cool. Please. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, pal. I don't know how you knew that I was sitting by the little stream though, but uh, overall very immersive. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, you said that I was sitting by the little stream. I wasn't expecting to be in the I... vision at all, but uh, I pleasantly <laughs> surprised. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, when Felicity wakes up, she finds herself by another little stream. Mm -hmm. So, true. Congratulations. Yes, that is that is correct. Um, it's a weird place because there's all this, uh, well, garbage around, basically. It looks like a, a popular, like, fly-tipping spot. Just people take junk that they it's too large to put in the dustbin and they just drive it out somewhere and throw it away but it's not near the road so it doesn't necessarily make sense that it's that either it almost looks like a place where a mouth might open up and just vomit garbage <laughs> like broken tables growing out of the ground a bit like that yeah 
Um, and around you are some friends. Octavia, of course, is there. Celia is there. And also Pierre. Oh, nice. And before I just kind of let you all go with it, the last few things to, to observe are that it's daytime, which it wasn't when you went into the mirror. Mm-hmm. Although for Felicity, uniquely in the group, this is not peculiar because she was just asleep. Yeah. Everybody else, you came through and it suddenly switched from nighttime to daytime. And there is a little wooden hand-painted sign that almost has been positioned like directly across from the uh, standing full-sized like wardrobe mirror that's just like half sunken into the mud that spat you all out. (laughs) Directly across from that, across the little stream from that, is a hand-painted wooden sign that points up and into the dense swamp that says Creep Creek. You you all have the wheel. Congrats. How how did I how did I how did we get here? Yes, I I um I also would like to know. We would I It's also hazy. I uh, Can someone explain to me what's going on? Old man mud lifts up Oh, yes, the little children said this in the in the rhyme. I heard the whole um, of the rhyme while you were investigating. Old m- man mud? What is that? Oh. Is that what I think it? Celia blushes a bit. Oh my god, I've just been editing that part of the previous episode where Jess is just <laughs> where Octavia's just like, <laughs> talking about old man mud and then Celia's like old man mud <laughs> is that I'm glad that someone got my call back I was listening to that episode before we started recording <laughs> um, I'm trying to I'm trying to work on my characterization of Celia by falling back on things that Sophie's made her do already good job oh, <laughs> great. interesting uh, Dixon Kind said that we should see Old Man Mud. Was this... What? Old Man Mud is the boogeyman from the rhyme. Dixon Kind and also Annie Rose, they they both said that they'd seen him. That is unusual. Uh, can... Can, can someone explain to me what's going on? I I still don't know who you all are. I I still don't I still don't know who I am. I uh. You're you're Celia. You're you're an archaeologist. Old man mud lifts up creep creep. So uh, how's Octavia doing in general? Uh well it's been it's been rough. Uh, yeah. Not gonna lie. Uh, Confirm. <laughs> things have been better. Uh, how are you? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, what's Octavia thinking right now? So, 
Well, there's just a lot going on, right? Um, sure. Having just led everyone to a place that she thought would probably be safe, but now has been hit with the reality of like remembering that this is like very not very much a not a safe place to be. And yes. just going from one not safe place to another safe place, I think that she's just feeling a bit helpless uh, in mm. general. That makes sense. There's a chapter in The Hobbit called Out of the Frying Pan into the Fire. Uh-huh. This very much feels like what's <laughs> happening right now. I literally was about to say there is a, there is a phrase for this exact kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um... Pierre, trying to take initiative, I mean, he's the man after all, um, <laughs> says, says to Celia, um, I think we are in the swamp to meet old man Mud. The, the children have a rhyme. It's like, stay away from old man Mud. He's not singing the rhyme. <laughs> and he does, his old bones creak and his boots thud, thud, but his feet just squelch that... squelch in the wet mud of, of, of the, the bank of the stream and then he goes oh well it's meant to be a thud um, you you say this is like a kid's rhyme yes in, in Raphael I saw the children playing this game are those children okay he turns to I think Octavia specifically um, I think she's just sort of staring at the sign that says Creep Creek. I think s- some of them might be. That's good. Well, we can't just sit in this... I, I mean, I guess she's not sitting, is she? She's standing. Well, well, we can just stand around in this boggy hole forever we gotta we gotta find somewhere else what what do we do I have no idea but I guess look for old man mud Um, question. I, um, I am confused. Um, where is, uh... <laughs> that makes two of us. Right. I, he's a nursery rhyme. Surely, uh... We'll just get ourselves lost in the swamp, and, and we should head back to town, right? Right, Octavia? No. I... It's gone. She's gone. Who's gone? What do we do? Who is gone? Everyone. Serena. Who's... You said that name before. Who... Who was she to you? don't know she was our friend she was your friend too 
that might that might explain why I when I hear that name it makes me feel happy. She she looks around at everyone and I think she says if it it sounds like you all cared a lot about her and I'm sure I'm sure she wouldn't want you to be caught up on the fact that she's gone. I know I I don't know her or I can't remember, but I, I think that's what she might want to say. Well, this is making me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I don't want to step on an intimate moment, so I'm no, no, trying to I, just I, step back and wait for you all. To I get something. that. I, I, I kind of like. Yeah, I, I think I think that uh, Celia has said all that she wants to. Again, like it, this kind of whole situation is a bit weird because she doesn't like remember remember Serena, but mm. yeah. P- Pierre said what when you guys said Serena's name? Uh. Oh, nothing. So Pierre has been standing in shock since you said Serena. Oh, oh, okay. I wasn't sure if he... Who's gone? Oh. What do we do? I think Pierre squelches through the mud to to a tree, kind of keeping his back to you all, and he's clearly having a private moment. Dixon Kind said that we should go speak to Old Man Mud. He clearly knows a lot more about what's going on here. I mean, he had he had a, a doorway to this place. I, I think that's the only thing that we can do right now. That makes sense. Let's just try to stick together, okay? Yeah. You tell me? Uh, I... Vi is ready to start walking up the creek, but um, it's not going to be taking the lead on that. Celia also doesn't particularly want to take the lead because, again, she she kind of still doesn't have much of a clue about what's going on. Uh, looking around, can we get a bit of like a more description of the surroundings? Like, can we see? Would you like any... to roll some dice in this TTRPG actual play podcast? Yeah, should <laughs> I should I do some ball spot hidden? Really, the navigate, I guess. I think there's some kind of nature roll also, but navigate would be a very good one uh, for kind of yeah for what you're trying to achieve. I think. Yeah, but just kind of from 
what we can see is there any kind of sign of any buildings around us or if you are trying to spot standing. buildings i will ask for a spot hidden cool. and if you're trying to understand the geography i will ask for a navigate there we go Uh, for navigate then. And I failed. <laughs> you fumbled, so I think that Felicity <laughs> gets a strong sense that Old Man Mud is in the opposite direction to the direction the sign points. What? Right. That, <laughs> that makes no sense! Old Man Mud lives <laughs> down Creek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry you fumbled. That's okay, all I well, I guess I Felicity seems very dazed I... and confused, and she just wanders off in the opposite direction <laughs> to the sign. Anyone want to stop her? <laughs> Felicity, where are you going? We have to stick together. Old Man Mud. Felicity, stop. Wait. I'm going... I'm looking for old man Mudge. Uh, no, he's I... he's up creek. Creep, creek, creek. He's up the creep, creek. Up creep, creek? Yeah. Not down creep, creek? Vi's point uh, does resonate with you. You can see that the, the water, in fact, in the creek, as much as it is flowing which is not very much because this is a bog um is going in the direction that you had started walking and by definition up would be the other way okay yeah okay i i may not remember much of anything right now but it seems to me that maybe finding some higher ground might orient us uh, orient us a bit do you want to give me a navigate roll uh, I was gonna go like natural world. Sure, you can do that too. I mean, it's it's the same number anyway, so. Both skills will end up getting a workout today, one way or the other. Uh. I mean, Celia has a lot of luck. Pulling back the guidance <laughs> for a second, this arc is uh, you are in um, you are just in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. This is the survival arc. Yeah. You're uh... starting it with dog shit health, dog shit sanity. <laughs> And you're just in a swamp. So that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah, fuck it. I'll spend, I'll spend 14 points of luck. What? what? <laughs> Hang on. No. We might need those for the terrifying creatures, Joe. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. I, I so, just... No, Serena is normally the one who makes the decisions and she's gone. I know, I'm so missing her. You are. you failed both. Natural world and navigate, and uh, you know, I'm not. If you'd fumbled, I would be like, no, Celia has to take the has to now argue the case that it's the other way. Uh. <laughs> but no, no, you just you just regular failed. So I think that generally you're just overwhelmed by your surroundings. I, I, you can't make any yeah, sensible yeah. observations, and you can't determine anything about where to go. Uh, like right. I, it's, so, it's a boggy environment, so it's not like a clear yeah. path that the sign is really pointing. I guess at. she suggests higher ground, but then kind of looks around and is like, I, I don't really know what, where that would be, but yeah. Octavia, it all rests with you. <laughs> well, let Maybe me see if I here. can take a look. She is the tallest of the group. Maybe so it's because that. we're all useless, weak-willed women and we need a man to lead us out of the bog. Uh, 
Uh, mm. You can see that Pierre is visibly shaking and crying. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. Woof, I spoke too soon. <laughs> I think that Vi is going to be looking sort of up the creek. Uh huh. Using intuition to think that maybe we need to go up the creek. <laughs> Yeah, that that part is sensible. And uh, I, I have given you a, a little bit of a, a signpost, is what they call it in game design. Right. <laughs> it's a little bit of a environmental storytelling right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's going to look up the creek and just see if there's any other sort of landmarks. Because if there's one sign here, yeah. then there might be other signs elsewhere, or there might be something you never know. Sure. So... Um... You need to give me one of three roles, spot hidden, nature, or, sorry, natural world, or navigate. And you succeeded at spot hidden. So, um, freebie, there's lots of trees. Uh, in fact, it's kind of dense with trees. It's a, it's a heavily wooded, but also marshy area. Uh, the kind of, the most solid things that you know you'll be able to stand on are thick roots, basically. Everything else is mud and swamp. Um, but with your success... Although it's hard to see much deeper into the woods, and as far as you can see past the trees anyway, it's actually a little foggy from the humidity rising off the swamp. Uh-huh. You think that in the distance, from in the direction that the sign is pointing in the distance, you can see the faint orange glow of a firelight. Everyone, there's some sort of fire over there in the distance. We might be able to get to it if we can walk on the tree roots, but I'm not sure. What do you, what do we think, what, what should we do? I think we should head that way, at least towards any other people. Then there might be somewhere to rest. Yeah, it's, 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 my shoes are soaked through. Pierre? I guess that's the least of my worries, but. Pierre's a little, a little way away from you in, in neither the direction nor the opposite direction. And he's just leaning up against a tree and uh, he's been crying. Pierre, are you okay? Do you approach him? Yeah. Yeah, I think he says, um, is it true? Is, um, Sir, is Serena gone? What happened to the town? There was a big, it felt like an earthquake or an explosion. Is that what happened? That, it's hard to explain. There's, well, it's not really, it wasn't really a pond. It was more like a body. That just came out of the ground. Um, it was huge, and we not all of us got out in time. I think a look of concern spreads across Pierre's face because he hasn't actually seen any of this stuff, and he. He's kind of realizing, like, 
we're stuck in the middle of nowhere, some sort of disaster just happened, and it's clearly driven my employer insane. <laughs> now she's talking about there being a huge body, and not everyone got away from it, and it came out of the ground. Did he not see it at all? Where, where was he? No, he was, he was, uh, he was knocked out. Um, well, actually, he'd fainted after, after eating the slime with... <laughs> Uh, Felicity and Octavia he'd fainted and they put him in in the barracks to rest so he missed out on the whole thing again he's very much the uh, he's very much the the scully of the investigative team yeah he's just conveniently missing out every single adventure Uh... but yeah I think he looks concerned and then he and then he says Okay, well, um, let's uh, let's go to find the old man uh, or any anyone, so we can get you uh, back to your uncle. And he, he nods uh, with a kind of look of determination. Okay, Pierre, let's focus on getting you home safe first before we worry about my uncle. What to France? <laughs> I don't know if the a tone on that tone. joke. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. if that fit, but uh, sorry. So, sorry, um, that was bad. As you all start marching up the creek towards the the faint orange glow, uh, how how are people doing? Are you are you are you focusing more on like not slipping over? Are you keeping your eyes on the on the glow? Are you looking around at the swamp as you're going like? What's people's kind of attitudes here? Uh, I think a lot of looking around, try, uh-huh. trying to keep track of where the light is, uh, doing doing our best not to fall over face first into the mud, not necessarily succeeding. Um, Bye is uh, mostly just like looking and making sure everyone else is doing okay, not to like slip okay. or fall behind. Uh, I don't know. She really cares about that for some reason. I <laughs> for some reason, yeah. What about Celia? I think she's definitely like looking around quite curiously. Like her whole memory's wiped, so a lot of this is quite okay. novel. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, um... so there, there's probably like if she wasn't like so kind of scared and like confused, there'd probably be a bit more bit of like childlike wonder about it. But it kind of yeah. So in that case, it's Felicity who notices that the orange glow blinks out. Oh. Um. You guys? What's wrong? I think the, the fire's gone. What? No. Oh, there it is. And uh, Pierre points, and in the same direction, it, 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 it it's there again. But now you've drawn his attention to it, and the both of you are looking, and you see it is on, and then it goes off again. And then you see, like, another, uh, another, it, it comes on, but this time it's, it's briefer, but a bit brighter. Mm. In the same direction? Yeah. Is it, like, another fire flickering? Or? What does that mean? Yeah, it's... It's 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 periodically, but not with any kind of noticeable intervals or rhythm, going on and off. 
Okay. Okay. So it's not like it's just getting brighter and dimmer and flaring up. It's it's definitely like turning on and off. Yes, exactly. It's okay. turning on and off. Is there something moving in front of it? Like, can I do spot hidden to see if I can kind uh, of? It would be a great time for a spot hidden roll. Hard success. Fantastic. Um, so the first thing uh, in that case with a hard success is that you can tell what I already told you, that there's no kind of rhythm to it. Uh, it doesn't seem like signaling or the, you know, regular motions of a machine, anything like this. And the gener- the size of the glow through the fog is too large for it to really be uh, for it to really be, uh, like, something moving in front of it. Right. Right. If you'd gotten extreme success, I probably would have just been like, you can tell it is this. Right. But I promise I'm giving you as much information I can shy of that. Okay. Um. Does it look like but, it actually is a fire? But with the hard success, I can give Felicity a bonus die on a listen roll. So give me a listen roll. Just because I've got a bit more visual context to fit things into. Yeah, something rings a bell when you're looking at it, and that makes you listen in its kind of direction. Right, okay. Wait, why is that ringing coming from? (laughs) (laughs) So if I get a... I I rolled listen. If I get a bonus die, then I just roll... A d10. 2d10, take lowest. I don't think you can uh, improve on that, but... Yeah, Yeah, you you literally wouldn't be able to. Um, And you made it worse, so... So you succeed on your listen roll. So um, while you're looking at it with your successful listen roll, you can actually hear like a sound that turns on and off with the light turning on and off. Mm. And the, the sound is like the sound of a gas burning stove. Uh-huh. <gasps> so it's like something, it's like a, it's like it must what it must be, judging from the kind of visual calculus that you have, is something is making a really big fire, and then it's it's stopping, and then it's starting. Joe knows what it is, but Celia doesn't. <laughs> Beans. Do you do anything with this information? Because there's one more thing with a hard success that I want to tell you, but I just want to establish what your reaction is to that first. Uh... She just says to the others, can you, can you hear that? There's a, it's making a noise. Yeah, you all hear like a, a very faint, distant. Is, is there like a pop at the start? A pop? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. It's like a push. Like, a, yeah. Wow, it's just, just like that Star Trek episode. Most things in life are just like that Star Trek episode. Because there's uh, enough Star Trek episodes. Because there's just enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, other thing, the other thing you see with the, with the hard success on Spot Hidden is uh, a really big spider web. Ooh. And you wouldn't have noticed it. You literally wouldn't have noticed it because in the fog, a big white web stretched between trees is actually very faint. Yeah. It's not dead ahead of you. I'm not saying you were about to walk into a huge spider web and get, you know, she lobbed, right? That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm saying that you just notice, like, off to the side, a big, big spider web. We're talking about a web that is 
easily 40 feet across between two tr- between two tall trees. Ugh. And so you wouldn't have noticed it, but what you but what caught your eye was that a bird flew. And it was the first animal life you saw, the first animal life you had seen at all in this swamp so far was a bird flying and it suddenly caught on the web and got stuck. Oh. It's like a little starling and it's trying and it's trying to struggle against the web. And that's caught your eye. Does a spider come out and grab it? Well, if that's the thought that's occurring to you and you're kind of watching like, yeah. oh shit, is there going to be a huge spider? Yes, that is. That's what's oh, frig. Yeah. You're watching as the stream, which actually runs under, or one of the kind of tributaries of the stream, mm. runs under the web, ripples, and then a big fish jumps out of the water just its front half because it's so large pushes out of the water and bites this bird and and all the web around it just off and disappears into the water it's like a a sudden like motion again kind of in the stillness like we were describing a bit before like just you're 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 watching this thing and it's like wham (laughs) ah the cycle of life I think maybe we should stay out of the water. That was a... That was a big fish, and I'm pretty sure uh, I had teeth. Yeah. This was Felicity's spot hidden, I just uh, want to say. Like, yeah, it's true. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that. Nat's reaction specifically. Uh, cut all of that. That's okay. All right, well, I if you're going to cut it, then the there's always a bigger fish. That's... Star Wars joke. Just, <laughs> just cut it out. All right. Thanks, pal. Just gotta Thanks, get it um, in there for you to cut out. That's no moon. <laughs> hey, it's Jess, the editor. I'm editing this one. It's unusual, but now that I have the power, I'm not cutting that joke. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving the Star Wars joke in. So, uh, if Joe, if you hear this, Sophie, if you hear this, uh, I do not apologize. So, that's what you see. And you just go, ah, the cycle of life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Pierre says, hey, well, what was that splash? Uh, a, a big fish eating a bird. A fish eating a bird? Off a massive spider web. And he looks, and now he can see the spider web, and he's saying, "Oh no, 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 no! I hate spiders! No, no, well, no, no, don't no!" Don't walk no. into it. And he's visibly like gotten paler a little, I think. If I were Pierre, I would simply not walk into the spider web. We'll see what happens, I guess. Everyone definitely uh, look out for spider webs. Okay. That's this is great, everyone. I yeah. Uh-huh. Thank I, I you, Felicity. Celia goes pretty white when she hears about Big Spider, but she she doesn't say anything. Big Spooder. Big Spider. <laughs> Big Spooder. Uh, it's funny that the two people who just don't know what's been going on 
are like <laughs> worried about spiders. It's kind of infuriating because she is like very smart, but I can't play her yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is tragic. I'm looking forward to her getting her memories back, but also afraid of the tragedy. <laughs> yeah, if that's even possible, I don't know how all this mirror stuff works. The Celia who remembered was on the other side and she was trapped. Yeah. Well, maybe Uh, she survived. Maybe she got away. Mm. What do you all do? I mean, I I guess we just keep going towards the uh, the light, right? Yeah. we, We haven't no one suggested uh, any alternative, so... Yeah, Felicity's definitely feeling more, like, on guard and cautious because mm. something strange is obviously happening, mm-hmm. but she still expects there to be other people in that direction and thinks That's that probably it's still good, worth yeah, heading yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, looking back towards the light, you see that it's disappeared. Sometime while you were distracted, it went out again. And looking at what you're really sure is the direction... It doesn't come back on. No. And now you've progressed deep enough into the woods that you can no longer see the mirror or the sign. Right, that's what I was thinking. Okay. But you can't see the direction you were going in anymore either. So we've really got to rely on our senses to set us on the right track. Does anyone have a compass? <laughs> Not a pre-established one. No. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would they? Can uh... we see the angle of the light? In the trees. Uh-huh. Is See, that, yeah. you know, we can judge, like, okay, here's where the sun is. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, let me just uh, roll in. my 90 skill natural world, right, for a second. <laughs> uh, so that I could look at the light and determine the uh-huh. direction we're heading in. <laughs> could... Can Celius smell anything? Um... Oh, geez, what would that even be? I think give me a spot hidden roll. I think everybody wants to give me spot hidden rolls as a basic for what for finding yourselves lost suddenly. Well, we're not lost yet, right? We just don't know where to go, so... Vi gets a hard success. That's good. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to wait on Celia's because of specifically the question about whether she smells anything. Yes. Okay. That's a 14. So we'll just, like... That's a success. If we can see anything else in our environment. Why isn't it listing 14 as a... Oh, it isn't. Sorry, yeah. I, I did maths bad. I did maths bad. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It would be uh, so, what, 12 or 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that's great. We got two hard successes from, from Vi and Felicity and a regular success from Celia. And so Celia doesn't smell anything uh, except the, the, the boggy, muddy, animal shit e damp, mm. mossy smells of the swamp. It's good. It's refreshing. It's very nice. I love pet. Um, and with hard successes, Vi and Felicity both see it. The spider. Oh, oh no. Pierre, after you said about there being a spider web, and after seeing the spider web, backed right up against a big tree. Yeah. And he turned pale, and he's kept his eyes transfixed on the web. And it's from above him 
that it starts crawling down the trunk of the tree, clearly trying to not make a sound as it approaches him. It is two feet across, and its pattern is uh, black and brown and, and, and striped. Okay. Oh, Pierre, come away, yeah. come away, come, come away from there. Vi is just gonna instantly say, Pierre, watch out. And she's gonna dash towards him to try to save him. Aw. And um, Pierre, <laughs> uh, Pierre looks up and just kind of gapes with his mouth open <laughs> for like over a second too long as the spider jumps onto him and then he's screaming as he falls down and is splashing around in the mud. Uh, we're in uh, we're in a combat. What do you do? Oh my god! Uh, I need to bear in mind that Octavia has an injured leg. Felicity has an injured arm. Jeez. Which arm was it that Felicity broke? You said it was arm? the left one. Okay, phew. Uh, <laughs> Felicity grabs out the knuckle dusters and <laughs> tries to punch the spider. Okay, I think we can establish that you're fumbling for your knuckle dusters. Yeah. Uh, but Octavia, we already established, was running in, so definitely gets yeah. the first move this turn. What does Octavia do? There's Big Spider on Pierre. Um, well, she doesn't have a gun. So have. that's an issue for her to be actually fighting anything. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Is there something that she can do uh, sort of like to hit it or to um, draw its attention to sort of get it to target her? Maybe she can like mm -hmm. jump at it or like aim for its eyes or something just to like mm -hmm. get its attention yes, without like actually looking to do much damage. I don't want to just feed you answers too much, but, like, you could look around for some kind of improvised weapon, or you could kick at, at it. Like, you know, these are possibilities. Although, yeah, you do have the injured leg. So, yeah. There's Brawl. Yeah. You could just roll Brawl if you wanted to do that, and then describe, if it succeeded, some kind of shocking, amazing success that... Octavia does, but yeah, like I say, uh, your other options are to try and look for some kind of improvised weapon um, if you don't have a gun. Yeah, so I'm sure you can find a log. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess she's going to roll Brawl. She doesn't have anything else uh, to do. Okay. Okay, here we go. Ooh, shit. Oh, mm. no. Only two off a 27 against a 25. Yeah, that's... Do you want to spend some luck? Yeah, I guess so. I'll spend two luck. Okay, turning it into a regular success, I think that you... You can achieve your intended result of getting it... Love primarily of getting it off Pierre uh, before we roll damage. So why don't you tell me what it is that you do, and then we can roll damage. Okay, I think that she runs towards that and just sort uh, of just punches it <laughs> well no, she sort of like it's sort of on the ground sort of wrestling with Pierre 
Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of in a muddy, watery, like they're splashing around. Yeah. She sort of just like falls down on top of it, like kind of how it fell down on top of Pierre. She's just trying uh-huh. to poke it in its eyes and get its attention. Oh my god. Um, I think I need some kind of other role for whether you successfully poke it in the eyes, which is a more refined target. Uh, and then we can roll damage. <laughs> um, what would that be? What skills exist in the world? Well, I mean, if it helps, I don't think that she's really even trying to do damage. She's just trying to, like, get its attention so that it stops trying to eat Pierre. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um... Can you give me... I'm, I'm, I'm slightly just fitting this onto the thing, but can mm-hmm. you give me a sleight of hand roll? Sure. The th- best thing I have for a kind of uh, hand-eye coordination skill. We're not playing Disco Elysium. Okay, so a 21 against 10. Yeah. You don't poke it actually in the eyes. But, um, yeah, now you can roll regular damage for basically what would just be punching it. Okay, unarmed is 1d3 plus 0. 1d3. Okay. Yeah, give me 1d3 damage that you do to this big spider by hitting it, jab, poking at it. 2. Great. I think it recoils, and um, it, it definitely lets go of Pierre. The big problem is that now it grabs onto Octavia. You did successfully make yourself the target of its wrath. Perfect. Um, now failed successfully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now uh, is Felicity's turn. Uh, Felicity's gonna come and try and hit it with the knuckle dusters. <laughs> this is such a like iconic image. <laughs> Try to be like brawling <laughs> with brass knuckles and like, spider. And she's one armed right now because of the. Yeah, she can't swing. use the, the. Yeah, the other arm's literally in a swing. <laughs> she's she's like, Pierre's on the ground with this thing on his face, right? So it's like she's so leaning it's, down to so get I it. I guess you. So you must have missed it, but um, Octavia fell down onto it and started poking at it, trying to get it in its eyes. <laughs> and so it turned over and grabbed onto her. Okay. Yeah. So she successfully got it off Pierre, but now it's on her. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, is Octavia, like, standing or also, like, wrestling around on the ground with it? Uh, well, what do you think, Jess? Would uh, Octavia kind of n- stand up with it? There's no way that she that, that's possible. That's not a possible thing for her to do, uh, <laughs> to stand up with it. Okay, so she basically just rolls off Pierre, and now she's in exactly the same situation <laughs> where it's trying to trying to kill her. On the in the in the mud in the water. So Felicity's like <laughs> leaning over double to try and punch the spider with brass knuckles <laughs> off of Octavia's chest. <laughs> this two foot spider. This is like children trying to have a video game fight. Uh, roll me brawl. Okay. So you yeah. rolled a nine. That is uh, a hard success. Congratulations. Yeah. You do big punch on that I hit boy. that spider's really hard. <laughs> um, which means that actually you get to roll uh, a 2d4. Because 
because you crit. Oh, nice. You critical hitting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three. Okay, three damage. Uh, but Could have been bigger. <laughs> yeah. But can I establish your intentions here? Are you just trying to just hurt Just trying to get it? it off. You're trying to get off her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get I the spider that... off. Sorry, that was terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, th I think that... Uh, I think Joe has to leave the podcast. <laughs> um, so I think that I think that you, with a hard success, I can't argue that you don't successfully knock it clear of Octavia. Right, but don't necessarily. But you don't do, do that much damage. damage. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That my my preference was to just be rid of the thing. Uh -huh. And um, so you do knock it, and it and it like splashes into the water. And then it climbs up the tree trunk, and it's on the tree trunk. Ugh. It's Celia's move. And we know that it can jump. Uh, we do know it can jump, yes. It's a jumping two-foot spider. Uh, yes. Uh, I think she's going to run away. <laughs> In what direction? Towards the lights. Fantastic. Great. Give me a spot hidden. 39. Okay. So I think that I think that with a failure, what I have to establish is that because Celia is running away in fear, she is running away but looking at the scene, right? Yeah, she's looking she's like at the terrifying glancing stuff. back over her shoulder. Mm -hmm. And that's when she is, and that's when she runs into what, in a split second, she assumes must be a tree. She thinks she must have just not looked where she was going and run into a tree, and she's knocked on her ass and splashes in the water. Now she's like soaked up to her okay. waist. Can, can she turn back? And as she looks around, what she ran into was a huge lizard. No! It's like is it a Komodo dragon. Uh, is it a friend? fucking massive. Is it a friend? And it doesn't seem to even have noticed her. Oh, that's good. So please tell me this lizard is a friend. As it's wading through the swamp towards the scene where the people have been yelling and thrashing. Ah. And the spider on the tree trunk braces itself to jump off at you. It's, I think Felicity can tell she's its next target. Uh. When suddenly this big scaly boy has, you know, entered the scene and you hear the the pop again that you heard before as it opens its mouth and flames ripple out of it onto the tree and onto the spider just engulfing it in fire oh shit that's not what I was expecting okay how does Felicity react to this specifically ah the cycle of life Consistency. Felicity has deep-rooted issues with fire, is what I'm trying to get at. That's true. And... Good point. Uh, <laughs> she yells and, uh, like, smacks herself just like face down onto the into the like wet mud. She just like she just like slams into the wet mud. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, have you seen yes. videos of frilled lizards running on their hind legs? Yes. That's my image of how his lizard like walks up. <laughs> I didn't say he walked on his hind legs. No, but that I would just be... said he's a I know, boy. I just think it would be funny if he kind of did his little waddle and then... 
<laughs> that's kind of I was picturing it up for it as well because you said it was like a tree. <laughs> no, so it's it's like a Komodo dragon, uh, except that they tend to kind of move with their bellies just very very close to the floor. They have yeah. that kind of slither going on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was imagining. He's so large that his legs do actually like splash in the swamp, and he stays kind of above the surface of the water. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a monster that fights for us. And the next thing that happens uh, is that the, the, the big, big lizard starts munching on this spider <laughs> that it just cooked. I knew it was a friend. What do you all do? Uh, I, I feel like um, Celia is still kind of like kind of lying, kind of almost, like, sitting, kind of hand, like, like propping herself up with her hands and her knees kind of, like, submerged in the water, kind of looking at this scene in, like, astonishment. Mm-hmm. That's what she's doing for now. <laughs> All right. Vi is trying to get Pierre up and get away from the big spider, or the big lizard. Yeah. So, um... Pierre gets to his feet and he's kind of, uh, he, he like, with both hands, like, just uh, rakes, uh, like, swamp mud out of his eyes because he was just completely covered because he got splashed around in it um, and, like, flings it down. And then he opens his eyes for the first time and just sees what's in front of him. And he lets out, like, a little whimper, just like a little, a small shriek, which makes the lizard look up from its dinner and turn to look at you, Octavia and Pierre. And it starts to, like, it, it like, uh, basically dips its ass down so that it's sitting and rears up onto it, onto its hind legs and ass. Aww. As it opens its mouth again. Uh. Mm-hmm. Is, it, or is this a prompt to say, i uh, grab and run the hell away because uh, if that's a prompt if that's an, an option I'm, I'm going to take that option as you're starting to uh, grab and run the hell away um, uh, more flames like billow out from it but then there's a series of loud bangs gunshots and it that it stops breathing fire at you and it turns and dives into the into the swamp water and slithers quickly. You see its massive tail thrash around in the water but then disappear into the mud. Okay. Uh, ooh, this is all happening so fast. I, I think is going to need a second to catch your breath. Yeah, I think that's sensible. Um, do you hide anywhere or anything? I think that Pierre would. I think so. I think Pierre dives behind another big tree, uh, putting it between himself and the big lizard. Felicity's still face down in the mud. Wait, why? Hang on. When did she get down? Oh, just dove fire, down when it yeah. started breathing fire. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, do you have any reaction to the gunshots or anything? You just stay down there. Uh, she, she, she flinches and crouches down, like, <laughs> tries to get as low as possible, and then just kind of starts to, like, peek her head up and look okay. around. Okay. And, um, I think, 
it's, I think it's Celia who realizes a man is standing over her. Yeah, I, I definitely think, like, the gunshots probably snapped her out of her, like, astonishment. Uh, when she sees mm. a man, she'll, like, stand up, kind of, like, so... wipe her hands on her things and then straighten her bow tie. Aww. Um, so the man is is shaved bald. He has, um, he's Native American. Um, he He has, like, a dark red, uh, like dye across the top kind of half of his face uh you don't know from looking if it's like tattooed on or if it's a like a war paint basically yeah and he also has a uh a, a slightly kind of denser shade of red that just comes in a stripe down from his mouth uh uh but he's wearing but despite like despite the the uh traditional painting he is wearing um Still traditional in a sense, but the like, but they're they European clothes. He's wearing like a shirt and uh, and trousers and like uh, knee high like wading boots, and he's carrying uh, like a Winchester rifle. All right, this is what you consulted the Tale of Twin Rabbit about, right? Well, not this specifically, but yes. Uh, thanks for shouting that out. Um, so actually, I I. Uh, like I, I paid an indigenous friend, uh, Taylor Twin Rabbit, to like uh, sensitivity check a lot of the stuff that we were planning for this arc because this is actually going to uh, heavily feature uh, Native American characters, and it'll specifically feature like a revolve around a historical, uh, horrible thing that shitty white people did. We'll get to it when we get to it, but basically, I consulted with Twin, with Twin Rabbit to kind of get like uh, some uh, local tribal history and like understanding of the differences between people and like uh as much information about well the narragansett language as i could and, That's and things really like cool. this so that, so that we you know and we'll talk about it more i think in the post discussion episode mm -hmm. when we talk about when we look back on the series um but i just wanted to shout out taylor twin rabbit just now you can follow you can follow twin rabbit at at rabbit thoughts on twitter um it's great does a lot of cool uh, talking about indigenous issues. And, um, yeah, was a huge help in planning this arc. There you go. Um, yeah, you straighten up, and, yeah, like I said, there's this, this guy, he's shaved bald, and he has these red dyes, but he's wearing, and that's the thing I said, it's traditional in a different sense, because he's wearing, like, a shirt and tart, and, sorry, a shirt and, and, and belted trousers and these long leather boots, but they look really old to your eye. It's like... It's like... Uh, it looks like an old war uniform that, like, the Redcoats might have worn. It's It looks really, really old. Okay. I mean, so, like... Like, hundred years old, or... It's immediately anachronistic to your eye okay yeah. you don't you don't i'm not gonna say you can just date it without right. a role or anything but like Ooh. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's the flip side uh, you i could feel roll like if you want to. i feel like but um celia yeah. probably wouldn't catch on to that mm -hmm. can i roll education my education is really high okay so. yeah absolutely you can give me a no roll so you got a 73 against the 75 that's just a success but it is a success um, and I think that 
Felicity, that means that you recognize this as the kind of garb of like two to three hundred years ago. This is a very, very outdated like uh, style of fashion. Right. And uh, like I said, it kind of reminds you of like the early settlers. The the shirt is like a uh, uh, like a brown heavy wool shirt. Like it's not. You know, it's not, it's not a white dress shirt here in the swamp, yeah. to be clear. Um, and the trousers are, um, are green and some kind of heavy canvasy fabric. Right. So, like, Felicity's seen pictures of, like, outfits like this in, like, encyclopedias. Yeah, I think that like, maybe as someone who moved sounds. from... Exactly. I think that as someone who moved from Britain to America and had that inspiration to do that... Yeah in the time that she did that, she probably did see, she probably has seen the sort of 1900s era paintings of, of, of the early colonists. Yeah. And it's that kind of style of dress that it reminds her of. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that Celie says, ah, I don't know who you are, but I think you might've just saved our skins. And, um, the man says, well, that was the intention. (laughs) I'm Elijah. Nice to meet you all. You are? And he says first to Celia. Extending a hand. Uh, she kind of hesitates for a moment, like, kind of taking stuff in and, like, catching up and is, like, kind of shakes her head and, like, uh, yeah. And she takes his hand and shakes it. Th- thank you. Thank you. Um, my name's, uh, C- Celia. And, uh, uh, she kind of goes to introduce everyone else, but realizes she still doesn't actually really properly have their names. Uh, Felicity is just in that moment dragging herself out of the swamp. So she looks like a horrifying swamp monster with mud dripping off her. And then she's just extending an arm out like, <laughs> thank you so much. Nice to meet you, Elijah. I'm but the, awfully afraid of but fire. All of the like mud that's running just off her. Just dripping with mud. So she's talking like a swamp monster. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> Does Celia have a reaction to that? Because I'm not sure she saw Felicity go into the mud. Yeah, I think she just goes like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah reacts to Felicity a little bit curiously, and he says, Welcome back. Wait. No, you're... Oh, I'm sorry. I As more mud runs off you... Welcome back. You can Wait see, a second. You can see your face. But... And he goes, Oh, no, you're one of the... I'm You're Felicity. One of Celia's friends. Felicity, nice to meet you. I'm and Felicity he, Harding. He nice shakes, to meet you, Elijah. He shakes Felicity's hand. Vaya's just sort of sticking by Pierre, who presumably is still hunched behind a tree. Uh, and it's just like trying to comfort him and just like looks over and gives a little bit of a wave as so that Elijah knows that she can see him. But uh, yeah. that she's not going to leave. I think Pierre's doing I think Pierre's doing a bit better now and uh, he he also gives a wave. Cool. And he says, "I'm Pierre." And I'm Vi. Yeah, so Elijah, so you asked if he shook your hand when you were still covered in mud. I think he does and he seems completely comfortable. He's kind of out here wading through the swamp, you know what I mean? So he's kind of he's kind of used to things being muddy. <laughs> um <laughs> And, um, yeah, I think that he says, so what are you all, uh, doing out here? Uh, looking for old man mud? Yes. 
Do you know where he is? <laughs> uh, no. He moves around a lot. But I could probably help you find him. That would be that would be fantastic. To tell the truth, we're quite lost. Yeah, that's what always happens. White folks come in here looking for old man mud, and then they get lost, and then they get eaten, and... I mean, this is why we have the rhyme telling people to stay out and not come looking for old man mud, but I... Sometimes I wonder if it makes more people come looking for old man mud than it deters them. Do you know what I mean? Well, yes, we wouldn't have known that he was here without without the rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Vi is sort of just uh, moving at Pierre's pace. So uh, as soon as Pierre joins the rest of everybody else, she will too. I, I guess Siri says so. He's, he's not just a kid's tail oh mud no no he lives in the swamp with the rest of us in fact he's been here longer than the rest of us have how, how long is that oh uh 250 years now give or take what what year is it now is it 1918 1920 oh my we don't get a lot of visitors is the thing so uh, yeah, about 250 years now. And what? What? Huh? For the record, Pierre is doing okay and does rejoin the group. So you're all together. Yeah. Dixon said he was an old man when he visited him as a child. Has Fel I'm curious about this. Has Felicity picked up that Celia has no memory? Uh, yeah. I mean, I suppose we didn't really talk. Like, it was Octavia who kind of recognised what was going on with Celia. Right, so are moment. you more telling Octavia that Dixon said that? Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering about the character's mental states. Yeah. So, why... Uh, you, can you help us? Uh, to find Old Man Mud? I can easily take you back to the settlement and probably someone there will have, uh, seen him recently. He comes in now and then to see what people are up to. He doesn't like to admit it, but he gets lonely. Oh. Um. Okay. Uh, sorry. It's just we've been through a lot, uh, recently. There's a lot going on. Uh, sorry to be a burden. Uh, honestly, I love meeting people from outside when you come in. Uh, <laughs> not everyone will necessarily be as uh, welcoming as me, but I, uh, I'm very pleased that I happened to cross your path. I'd rather this than you all got eaten by that lizard. Uh, yeah, m me, me too. What, uh, what was that thing? Oh, that? Um, well, so basically in the swamp, things don't die. Um, or they don't die of old age. So uh, they just get really big. Does that make sense? No, not at all. <laughs> well, it turns out most things, when they don't die, they just keep on getting bigger. Does that mean you can't die in the swamp? Swamp? 
Oh no, people definitely die in the swamp. I would not advise dying in the swamp. You just can't die of aging. Wait, if you die in the swamp, do you die in real life? Yes, unless it's <laughs> of being old. <laughs> the queen wouldn't die in the swamp. Wouldn't be dead in the swamp already. Wouldn't already be dead in the swamp. Yeah, yeah that's true. R.A.P. Wait, is queen... Wait, wait, hang on, what? Oh, the queen is dead. Yeah, she's definitely dead. Wait, what? Yeah. She's just ill. You didn't know she's that? She's a sickly old woman. Nah, she's dead for sure. She's definitely dead. They would just say if she was dead, it would be great for the Tories. I got excited. I thought the queen had actually died. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, she has. But the queen... For sure. No, it's okay. It's okay. Joe, the queen isn't dead. She's just at the hospital with everyone else, and you can't see her. And she's being very. She's having I a very fun time. Yeah, it's just it's a it's the hot. The thing is that the hospital's really far away, so it'll be a really long drive if we had to go. And uh, we don't have time right now, champ. But like, we might soon. <laughs> like maybe next year. Maybe next year sometime. What will we up to? Uh, things not dying in the swamp. Yes, Elijah explained things that die in the swamp. Elijah's explaining about about things not dying of old age, and um, uh, Pierre says quietly, I think so quietly, like only Octavia can hear him say it, where men don't go and dead things speak. I don't think Octavia is going to uh, to respond to Pierre. Like I said, they'll probably have answers in the uh, settlement. I'm not really welcome there, but I can take you all and drop you off, and one of them will probably know where Old Man Mud is, and then you can make your way to him. Just please don't get eaten. I really hate finding, like, half a corpse, like, ha like some legs. It, it sucks. I, I really can't explain it, like, how much it sucks to just find some legs that in this one. horrible. Right, yeah. Hey, do you know anything about the big uh, body that came out of the ground and uh, destroyed the town? And uh, it's like a god, like a god uh, body out of the ground. What kind of body? Was it like a snake? N no, no. It, Was it like a big turtle? It had so many arms. Um, uh, but no, I don't think I've seen, was, I don't think I've seen one like that. Was it really old? I, it must have been that it was deep underground and it, something to do with the others. I, I don't know. There was the temple or maybe it was more like a memorial. I don't know. Without without psychology or anything, I think I want to just give the what would be a freebie to a psychology role, which is that Elijah clearly does not have much knowledge of the out the world outside this swamp for whatever reason. Uh, doesn't see people come in here more often than you know, right? Possibly months of a, at a time in between. Yeah, he just he just he. He's kind of like nodding along, like all of this is within the realm of the world that he lives in, mm. because like huge monstrous things that are evil and like become super old and huge and smash things up. 
that's absolutely fine. That that part's right. fine. what would be what would be weird to someone back in Narragansett is fine by him, but he just doesn't know what you mean. Right. I think he says, "Well, that all sounds interesting. Do you want to tell me on the way?" And he starts. Uh, he like slings his rifle over his shoulder and starts hiking through the mud. Actually, I don't think I think I'd rather not talk about it right now. Oh. Well, anybody know any songs? He's just—he's truly started just like hiking along, expecting people to join his like hiking party. <laughs> Stay away from old man mud. <laughs> yeah, P.S. starts joining in. <laughs> uh, he starts joining in. P.S. Pierre starts joining in with Felicity. His old bones creak and his boots thud thud. thud. Old man mud lives up creep creek. Where a mad note go, and dead yeah, things speak. speak. Munch, crunch, crunch, go his old gray teeth, eating his stew of hands and feet. And uh, Elijah, like, laughs kind of in between verses, and then joins in with Pierre. But these are more words than Felicity knows at this point, so it's like, it's like Elijah and Pierre start to take up the front of the party, singing the little song together. <laughs> and they're singing together. Swamp flies flit through his old swamp shack, Tell him lies, and you won't come back. Answer true, and you live to tell, but... Run, 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 if you raise his blood. Stay away from old man mud. And Pierre goes, rah! And he, like, turns around at Felicity and, like, makes a face like he's being a scary old man. Ah! <laughs> and he, uh... Yeah, he just seems to genuinely be having fun. He was recalling the, the kids so doing nice. the rhyme. I'm so happy for him. He deserves fun. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, it's a time for him. He deserved better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> You've been listening to the Rolling with Rainbows actual play podcast. If you'd like to support our podcast, early episode releases are available to those who pledge $3 or more than $3 at patreon.com slash Sophie from Mars. The incredible music for the podcast was created by Molly Noise. Rolling with Rainbows also produces a YouTube show for aspiring DMs who want to make their tabletop games as fun, safe, and inclusive as possible. Links to the show and the Rolling with Rainbows Discord community are in the description of every episode.